Want to see the world from a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca, your host, and I'm thrilled as always to be here, and I'm psyched that you've tuned in. So before we start, I just want to go through a little housekeeping. If you want to reach me, you can email me anytime at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. If you miss part of the show, you can hop on over to my iTunes page where you can also listen to hundreds of other episodes of Talk with Francesca. And if you want to know what else is going on, including upcoming shows, giveaways, visit my website, talkwithfrancesca.com. This portion of Talk with Francesca is sponsored by Valdo's Painting, when you will only accept the most professional job. I know because they just completed an amazing paint job in my home, and I cannot say enough about them. I mean it. I was exhausted just being there in my home. I don't know how these guys did it for three days straight, but I was really thrilled when the job was completed. They showed up on time. They did an amazing, meticulous job, and they are, oh, so reasonably priced. I would definitely, definitely recommend them. As a matter of fact, I said, aren't you going to use the blue tape to cut? No, everything was freehand. And I thought, oh no, this could get scary. It was unbelievable. Gorgeous, gorgeous job. Anyway, all right. So call them at 774-327-4709. That number again is 774-327-4709. They are Valdo's Painting. And tell them that I sent you. All right. We've got a lot to cover. Ever been passed up by a promotion and had no idea why? What about having been in a relationship and you two just couldn't seem to communicate clearly? It could be mm, your listening skills. Clinical speech language pathologist Rebecca Shafir has worked with medical professionals, students, and entrepreneurs on effectively communicating by speaking and listening better. First place winner of Forward Magazine's Book of the Year Award for her book, The Zen of Listening, Mindful Communication in the Age of Distraction, which is also available on audiobook. It's a great, great book. Rebecca's here to share how mindful listening is, an, is a valuable life skill that can positively transform relationships of all kinds. So big welcome to you, Rebecca. Thanks for joining today on Talk with Francesca. Well, thank you for having me, Francesca. It's a pleasure. So I really, I, I wanted to have you on my show for a long time because ever since I got the title of your book, <laughs> I wanted to read that book. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's, it's a great book. Um, so it, your book gives readers simple, authentic, and reliable ways to connect more efficiently with people. And you discuss mindful listening and creating a mindset for listening. Can you um, elaborate on that? Sure. Well, mind, listening is, is a mindset. It, it's not a list of to-dos. And that is really how listening has been taught, which was one of the impetus for me to write this book. Uh, so I want to define what mindful listening is, and then we can talk more about how to make that happen in our everyday lives. But basically, a mindful listener is, has four major characteristics. And if you've ever had someone truly listen to you wholeheartedly, you probably noted that they had these four characteristics. The number one characteristic is that they took in your whole message, not just your words, which are just surface stuff, but how you were feeling about what you were saying. They were taking in the pauses between the words and really almost reading your mind as to what your real intent was. Uh, secondly, a mindful listener is able to sustain their attention over time. And isn't that a baffling notion these days? Mm -hmm. uh, how to stay with it for even just a few minutes. You know, it can be really hard for people. But they're very good at being able to lock in and, and feel that as if you are the most important and only person on their mind at that moment. And then thirdly, a mindful listener values and respects what you have to say, even if they don't quite disagree, or quite agree, rather. And the fourth characteristic is listening to themselves. 
choosing their words carefully and being sensitive there speaking to that's a lot to digest (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot of work it is well that's you know what that's right it's a lot of work and especially today you know it's it's with the the, uh, well of course you know i mean the iphones the facebook the instagram the linkedin i mean it just goes on and on and on you're you've got your computer open you're trying to get work done bing 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 you know and it's really it's a challenge so how do you create that mindset then Mm -hmm. well there are several ways and you know it's not as difficult as you would think because the beauty behind mindful listening is if you decide to take on one change and i'll go through several ways of doing this that are very simple one change it can impact other aspects of your listening ability or listening skill that you're trying to enhance. And one little change can change a relationship overnight. It's quite dramatic. Uh, But some ways of doing this and and managing the distractions uh, is to be aware of the fact that when you are exposing yourself to so many external distractions, Francesca, you are actually programming yourself not to be able to listen in a mindful way. When we give in to every little dash, every little uh, bing and ting and, and, and chime on our phone, when we are trying to mentally multitask between uh, the TV and, and the radio or our computer, we are actually making it harder to create that mindset of wholehearted focused listening. So one of the things that we can try to do is to limit our distractions when we are in the company of someone who is precious and important to us that we really care about listening to. And that means shutting off the phones. That means going into a place where there aren't a lot of visual distractions and listening to, to someone or having a conversation in that kind of condition. That's one very easy way to be. Unless you're at a cocktail party and there's a lot of noise behind you, right? That's right, and that's when I take when I want to when there's somebody that I really care to listen to. Mm. I really want to catch every word and every nuance because I really want to understand them. I will take them into a corner and I'll say, "Hey, come on over here. I really want to hear what you have to say." Mm. Boy, don't you think they feel great about that? Right. Plus, you walk away with a lot more of their message than if you were to stand in the middle of all the ruckus, you know. Right, right. So tell us more. Tell us some other stuff. Okay. Other ways, many other ways. First of all, if you read the book, and you did apparently, mm-hmm. understand that a lot of what I talk about has to do with meditation. And meditation is now the buzzword these days. It used to be, you know, uh, 25 years ago, you say that you meditate and they would look at you like you were crazy. But now more and more people in all walks of life and in all industries are spending time to meditate, even if it's just for a few minutes a day. But what that does, when you sit quietly, when you eliminate the distractions and perhaps just focus on your breathing, or if you have a mantra or an uplifting, inspiriting word uh, or phrase that you repeat, what that is doing is turning off uh, your default mode network. And that default mode network network is a cluster of circuits in your brain that keep you active and distracted. And when you shut that down and focus just on your breath, you are in the present tense. You are in the moment. And when we meditate or do meditative types of things, it's so much easier then for us to shift to listening to someone and focusing on them versus letting our default mode network take us to distraction city. I was reading your biography just before you came on the air, and I did not realize this, but you have been a student of transcendental meditation. And I'm curious about that particular kind of meditation because, um, you know, a lot of people would say that that's big business and they charge a whole lot of money. And so I'm wondering what is the benefit of transcendental meditation versus good old-fashioned 
meditation, just sort of taking, a, you know, a, a mantra, like you said, like hamsa. That's uh, one that I use, you know, just in, ham, out, sa. And it's really just to keep the focus on the, the, the mantra and the breath. So how is uh, TM different? Oh, great question, Francesca. And this, I get uh, asked this a lot. Transcendental meditation has really a a philosophy behind it. It'd be a little too much to get into the weeds with that in this conversation. Uh But what I appreciate about the Transcendental Meditation folks, and I'll tell you a funny little story. When I was at Indiana University, I was an opera major, and it's a very intense music school, very competitive, and I sought out Transcendental Meditation as a way of calming myself before all these hairy auditions and performances. And um, I was amazed with the teaching of it and and how they really uh, practiced it with you to make sure that you really had the notion of focus and concentration down so that you could walk away with it and use it in your everyday life. And so I would say that the Transcendental Meditation folks, you know, whatever you pay, and I don't think it's ridiculously expensive, but um, uh, it, it's, it, they give you actual training, you know, and, and they can pick out uh, uh, activities, behaviors that you may be doing that's taking away from your process. They also set you up in a schedule, and that's very much what I appreciated, is having that kind of structure in order to get the benefits from it. So there are books on it. They talk about your creative potential. Um, I was very much uh, hooked into it, and that really laid the groundwork for learning how to concentrate and focus, which, of course, led me to become a better listener. I also noticed that you hold a black belt in martial arts, which I thought was very interesting. And that also takes a great deal of focus, and um, it's kind of a meditative thing, isn't it? Oh, boy, it certainly is. And you've got to watch out for those advanced people around slinging the the weapons. (laughs) You certainly do have to have to be focused and concentrated uh, for a task like that. But it does help you quiet your mind and focus on what you're doing and to help you be aware of your surroundings, which is the most valuable uh, tip that you learn from martial arts. But that is tremendously helpful for focus, concentration, and discipline, yes. Do you feel that it, having these skills make you just completely exhausted by the end of the day? Because I know that when I'm on the radio like I am right now, um, I listen, I, I tend to listen, I don't know if the word is harder, or, but I really kind of hone in. And, but the, at the end, I'm a little bit tired. Oh, well, you know something? That's a very interesting comment. People think that listening is a lot of work. And you know, at first it is, because you know what we're fighting with, and I have to agree with you, sometimes I have to work hard to listen to, but it's because I'm fighting my ego. Oh. I'm fighting my personal agenda, and if I would just put that aside and just relax into what the other person is sending me, it's a lot less work. It's not the energy. See, you know, the active listening approach... Mm-hmm. that's taught in businesses and all is, is a lot of work because you got to remember what you're supposed to do and say and move. And, ju- and that is way too much work. If I just forget myself, mm. like go to the movies, which is a, another great way to get into uh, mindful listening, when, when you forget yourself like you do at the movies, well, it's not work. Hmm. I mean, when you yeah. go to the yeah. movies, are you right. working hard? Right. It's the same thing. You just forget yourself and get into that movie of your conversational partner to try to understand what makes them speak. You know, what is behind their message? Why are they even bothering to talk to you? I mean, that you can forget yourself and, and truly become absorbed in what someone has to say, and you know they feel it, and you know they appreciate it. You know what I think is one of the hardest things is um, just sort of... Um, someone's talking and something pops into my head and I don't want to forget that comment. So, but we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere.
I appreciate you hanging out with me. More talk on the way here on 95.9 WATD. Howdy, this is your bootmaster of Country Soul. Whether you're heading to a concert, out on the trail, or just love the style, then Country Soul is your one-stop destination for all things country western. Boots, hats, clothing, and accessories by some of the top names like Justin, Corral, Wrangler, Scully, and Panhandle, just to name a few. Remember, we custom fit boots, so drop on by Country Soul at 605 Main Street, Hyannis, on Facebook, or CountrySoulClothing.com. Ladies, it's time to enjoy a new you. Stop hiding. Experience a tradition of quality results and a standard of excellence and service at Kima Cosmetic Surgery Anti-Aging Center in Norwell. The best kept secret south of Boston, whether you're looking to seek enhancement, reconstruction, or skin care, Kima is the only place to go. Having been in business for 11 years, their clients include A-listers. Kima is the first clinic in Massachusetts to use Limitless MD human umbilical cord stem cells. These are the first human umbilical cord stem cells created for cosmetic procedures used in combination with some of the most advanced technologies. I've been to Kima myself and wouldn't go anywhere else because I expect exceptional results. So contact Kima today to schedule your consultation at 781-871-4200 or visit them at kimaantiaging.com and discover the internal and external solution you've been looking for. Now what are you waiting for? Looking for a unique experience to dining? Rio Brazilian Steakhouse brings an authentic Brazilian flavor with a great atmosphere to the restaurant scene in Plymouth. The interior is warm and welcoming, and the buffet style offers a relaxed atmosphere while offering fine dining with the traditional rodizio style from Rio, the heart of Brazil. Come dine and watch your dishes being prepared and cooked over the grill. Plymouth's best-kept secret, Rio Brazilian Steakhouse offers a full buffet daily, along with wine and beer. Rio Brazilian Steakhouse is located at 318 Court Street in Plymouth and is open seven days a week. For an unforgettable experience from start to finish, visit them at riosteakhouserestaurant.com. You'll be glad you did. Are you afraid that you'll hire a painter who just stops by, throws on a coat of paint, and goes? Not with Valdo's Painting. Valdo's Painting is your one-stop shop for everything. Not only can they paint every room in your house, they do hallways, staircases, and ceilings. They also paint additions or remodels of any size, from newer homes to historical ones. They offer great pricing, they're professional, and they don't leave a mess when they finish. Call them at 774-327-4709 to request a free estimate. Valdo's Painting is booking jobs right now for the fall. Your home could look like new for the holidays. So don't wait. Call Valdo's Painting today. You'll be glad you did. 774-327-4709. Hey, this is James Woods, and you are listening to Talk with Francesca. On 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and I am speaking with Rebecca Shafir. She's a certified speech-language pathologist, formerly with the Leahy Clinic in Burlington, now with the Hallowell Center for Cognitive and Emotional Health in Sudbury. She's been a student of, as we were discussing, Transcendental Meditation and Zen for 12 years, and she holds a black belt in martial arts. She is also a popular teacher of communication workshops nationwide. She's also been a private speech and voice consultant for over 20 years and has coached many well-known performers, political candidates, and business leaders. So welcome back, Rebecca. Thank you, Francesca. It's fun. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. So I I had mentioned before the break that you know, when I'm having a conversation with someone, I'll have a thought, and I want to be able to make sure that I don't forget it because I sort of feel like it's, it's adding to the conversation. And I know that, that doing that takes me away from listening, so, but that's always been my thing, always been my complaint, you know, that I have to hang on to that. So what would you tell someone about that? Well, you know, that is a common uh, complaint. And as, as we'll talk about in some of our uh, listening stoppers, I'll, I want to talk to you about the RAID complex. Uh, RAID stands for Rambling Advice, Interruption, and Denial. 
And interruption is definitely the most uh, offensive conversational habit. Uh, it's, it's a real problem. But our intentions are good. Uh, we might want to add something to the conversation or, um, and, or give someone a piece of advice or some information that they may find helpful. You know, it's not always about, about our jumping in and our agenda. Uh, interruptions have to be managed, though, in a, in a more polite way. One way to do this is to, to hold up a, a finger, an index finger, during a conversation and say, that reminds me of something I'd like to tell you later. Uh, and uh, or if I can mention it right now, just because I sometimes forget these little gems, uh, then I want to get back to the conversation. That can be a good way of, mm -hmm. of politely saying, "Hey, I have something really important that's that's on topic with what we're talking about that you might be interested in." The other thing you can do is you can uh, write down if you are having the pleasure of a, a little notepad or something nearby, if you're on the phone or something like this, to write down a keyword to help remember what you wanted to say come the end of the conversation. The other thing that I found very interesting is if a thought comes into your head during a conversation and the person is talking, talking, and you really don't want to interrupt in any uh, fashion, then what you want to do is see in your mind. Use your visual brain to see the word or the phrase or the key idea that you want to hold in reserve until that conversation is over. The reason I'm saying this is because our visual processing is a lot more powerful and it can stay with us a little bit longer than our verbal reserve. So that works quite well. Those three tips are probably the most helpful. So ta now I remember that's that you sent, I subscribed to your newsletter, and that's what prompted me to try to get back in touch with you again. It was something about that raid, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so, yes, let's talk about that a little bit. I think that's great. Right. So here's here's one tip. You know, I said there's so many ways to, to make an impact in your listening. Every day we can pick something, and here's one that's very popular. I call it raid. Don't raid the conversation, spelled R A. I, B as in dog, <laughs> and R stands for rambling. Now, remember I said that the fourth characteristic of being a mindful listener is to listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that also means as you're speaking, notice the person who is listening. Are they looking away? Are they becoming fidgety? Are you going off on a rant, going off on a topic uh, that may uh, need to be brought to a hard stop? <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> and, you know, uh -huh. we tend to get into our own movies when we're talking to people. Right. So it's important to know when you have answered the question, and I'm trying not to ramble here. <laughs> That's okay. You're not rambling. <laughs> <laughs> trying to answer the question and then to be able to put a hard stop to it. If people want to hear more, they'll ask. Mm -hmm. Rambling is something we need all to control uh, a bit more. Uh, a is advice-giving. Oh, mm. oh, boy, doesn't advice come from the heart, Francesca? We mm. mean to help people. We don't want to see them make the same mistakes we have. But it, is the, it can be the major turnoff, particularly to adolescents and teenagers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Instead yeah. of offering advice, and if you have something that's just welling up inside of you, ready to burst, just those wonderful words of wisdom, to say and Said, well, listen, if you'd like to know what I would think or what I would do, just let me know. And people, particularly your kids, will look at you like, huh? Like you're not going to give me a lecture? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you a lecture. Just let me know if you need some help on that one. You know, what, you know what I say sometimes? If you want some unsolicited advice, just ask me. That's fine. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay, so advice. Okay, so no, no advice giving or, or minimal. Yeah, minimal. You're a fount of knowledge, but, you know, keep it to yourself unless asked. Um, and <laughs> we already talked about interruption. And then D is denial. And holy cow, boy, does that happen in very subliminal ways and mm -hmm. outward ways. When we deny someone's their reality, when they're telling us how they feel or how they saw a, a situation, particularly as it, as it has to do with our ego and uh, of something we did, we say, no, that's not what happened, or no, that's not the way it is. Well, you know, who are you to deny someone their, their reality? 
right? Right. Um, it's also, we see it in more indirect ways. I love to listen in on, on conversations between people. It's very interesting, especially at the, in the cafeterias and the restaurants. People are sharing their vacation uh, uh, experiences. And you'll hear somebody say, well, you know, we went down to Bloomington, Indiana for a wonderful uh, tour of Indiana University. And then somebody will say, well, we went to Hawaii for, you know, so it's always kind of one-upsman. Mm, right. And instead of saying, oh, wow, what was that experience like? Or tell me more about that. It's kind of like we're denying them the nachets or the enjoyment mm. of sharing something. We're kind of just shutting it off by using our ego again, you see? So very subtle forms of denial. Have to watch out. They're, they're a little trickier to, to do. Mm-hmm. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> well, Facebook's a one-up thing, right? Isn't it? Right. All right. So listening effectively uh, to what's being said, what, what are those listening stoppers? Mm, well, that's the ones we just mentioned. That, that we were is, talking about, okay. Yeah, the raid is are the listening stoppers, which is rambling, advice-giving, interruption, and denial of the speaker's reality. Well, what I was thinking about is actually um, listening while stressed. Mm, listening that, that would be a listening stopper. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, go ahead. No, that's all. That's all. I was just think that's when I asked you that. That's what was was coming to that's what I was wanting you to talk about is that is that when we get really stressed, especially, you know, like I have a um a relative who's really quite sick and I was thinking that when he was going into the doctor's appointment, it's got to be so hard for him to be listening. Um, you know, because there's so many things, you know, we want things to be a certain way, um, you know, especially if we're not well, um, you know, or like, for example, you know, I, back about a month ago, um, my poor little dog, as you know, um, was really sick. And I mean, I couldn't focus on what the, the vet was saying, you know, I, it, it was like I had to come home and digest it all and then think about what I wanted to ask and really get my real answers um but you know and so and I think that when we are stressed that's what happens is we kind of shut down oh absolutely and isn't that you know stress surrounds us and stress is defined in so many ways it can be what you were experiencing with your dog at the vet it can be your friend going into the doctor's office it can be a difficult customer mm-hmm. or a right person. i mean stress is everywhere so again that's this is what brings us back to the meditative type of practice because what is it that meditation or meditative like activities do for us well they dispel a lot of the internal noise and internal distraction. So, I mean, let's take your your dog at the vet situation, for example. What was racing through your mind, the internal distractions that were keeping you from focusing on what the vet was saying? Can can you acknowledge those at all? Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Like your past with the dog, like, oh, he only has a few more days. You're worried about the future. What's going to Yeah, happen? yeah. And is this really, you know, is this really true or, you know, whatever, it, you know, it was at the time, you know, like, I, I need to get a second opinion. And, you know, and, and this is actually twice in his lifetime that getting a second opinion turned out to be in the dog's favor. <laughs> but, <so. laughs> Luckily for your dog. But imagine if we were to attach a, a speaker, a loudspeaker to your brain. Mm. While you are trying to listen to someone, you can imagine the cacophony of noise, and, and each message is overlapping and intertwining, and, 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 and the person who's speaking is like a talking head. You're not even digesting the words. Right, exactly. So, All right, we're going to take another break, and when we come back, I'd love to discuss the movie mindset. So ooh, listen, yeah. yeah, so listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere. More talk with Francesca coming right up on 95.9 WATD.
The new Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafood, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. Hey, long time no see. You look amazing. Thanks. I just came from my hair appointment with Thomas Negrelli at Rebel Hair Studio. Thomas Negrelli? Yeah, Thomas Negrelli. He specializes in cuts, color, blowouts, braids, and even makeup. I have been thinking about changing up my look. Then call him at 774-404-1872. Did you say that number again? 774-404-1872. Thanks. I'm calling him now. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. The South Shore's breaking news, weather, and traffic station. 95.9 WATD-FM Marshfield and 95.9 WATD.com. I'm Francesca Luca, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and I'm speaking with Rebecca Shafir, and we are discussing mindful communication in her book, The Zen of Listening, Mindful Communication, The Age of Distraction. Welcome back, Rebecca. Hey, thank you. All right, so the movie Mindset. Tell us more. Oh, boy. Well, this is the antidote to people who say, I cannot listen mindfully. I don't know how to do it. It sounds like it's way too much work, and I'm not good at it. And I'll say, oh, really? I said, do you like to go to the movies? And they go, oh, yes, I love to go to the movies. I go to the movies all the time. I watch movies. Love movies. And I'll say, oh, well, then if you are enjoying the movies, and you're able to walk out of there and you sense a change in you, like, wow, that was an interesting experience. Or, boy, did I learn something about what it's like to be a drug dealer in Venezuela or whatever. <laughs> then I'll say, yeah. you are already a mindful listener. Ah. <laughs> well, so I say, okay, you're already good at that. See, it's something I don't have to teach you how to do. I don't have to teach you how to leave all your soap operas in the parking lot and escape into the world of someone else. Ah. I bet you dollars to donuts, I say to them, that when you're sitting there at the movies, you're not thinking about your agenda. You're not thinking about what you have to do tomorrow or all your headaches. Yes. Uh, certain aspects of the movie might remind you of certain things from your past or things you have to do tomorrow, but, you know, they're fleeting. And that's exactly how you need to listen to someone wholeheartedly. Ah. To lock in as if they are on the movie screen and you are trying to understand what motivates them to talk and what how they feel about what they're saying and to look for any subliminal messages that perhaps their body language is putting out so you really understand this person and then what's really cool about that is you well know that when you walk out of a movie you're a little bit different mm. you you've gotten an experience of someone else and you're not exactly the same person that walked into that movie theater initially and that's what these good conversations do they change you a bit in a in a very interesting way so yes 
Everybody who likes to go to the movies is already a mindful listener. They just have to take that mindset to a conversation with someone. You see. I love that. Unless the movie's really complex and then I... (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, wait a minute. We don't have to listen to all movies, right? Not all movies are interesting and and so... Uh, Okay, so good. Which brings me to my next question, which would be, so if someone's not particularly interesting, dull, or difficult... What then? Well, you know, I would say this. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. You know that public speaking is the number one fear, uh, I think, next to snakes and death. It's it's up there. It sure is. (laughs) and, And when people are having a conversation or they're in the speaker role, they are, in a way, public speaking. And some people have a hard time organizing their thoughts. And, and sometimes you have a hard time trying to figure out what their, what their point is, or what they're getting at. So I always like to think in my, uh, in my mindfulness uh, spirit of listening to someone, because, you know, listening is, is a generosity of the heart. You know, you've got to be a little, you've got to get outside yourself mm-hmm. and give a chance. And I find that more times than not, Francesca, when I just hang in there with them a bit, you know, when they see that I'm not intimidating, when I'm not thinking of my own agenda, when I'm really wanting to hear what they have to say in a genuine way, then all of a sudden they kind of start to get to their point, or they start to make more eye contact with me. And boy, I'm, I'm sure glad that I hung in there with them. But then there are times when I people, feel people that feel that people um, would like to escape the conversation. They're rambling, they're going on and on, and sometimes the best thing we can do for them is to say, hey, you know what, I want to check in with you later, or I'm, I need to speak with someone across the hall, and quite often I do, it's, it's sincere. Um, <laughs> very nice talking with you, um, and, um, and good luck to you, and take care. <laughs> okay. And they're often like, shoo, man, wow, I'm not on the, you know, I'm not in the spotlight anymore. <sighs> Okay, good. It's a generous thing you can do for people to escape for them. Oh, okay, good. Um, I know that you work with ADHD clients, ADHD clients. Um, would you say your coaching could possibly replace medication? Oh, wow. Well, that's a powerful statement, and I would like to say yes. However, uh, in many cases, people with ADHD do need a little bit of help with medications, but not always. And here's the other thing. People with ADHD, and I work with kids, adults, um, many entrepreneurs and salespeople who have ADHD. These days, they are preferring to say, hey, you know, are there some ways that I can train my brain or get coaching from you, Becky, to help me manage my symptoms a little bit better? Because you know what? Sometimes the medications can dull some of those strengths that ADHDers have, mm-hmm. you know, their intuition, their creativity, their spontaneity. So oftentimes the first line of defense is to say, hey, let's try a little coaching first and see if we can improve some of the symptoms that get in your way, give you some compensatory me- uh, mechanisms that all of us can benefit from, mm-hmm. uh, ADHD or not, that can help you at least Keep the dosages down if you do need medication. There's been um, a lot of um, conversation out there that entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs have ADD or ADHD. And as a matter of fact, the owner of JetBlue has it. Yes. Right? And um, I have a little bit of it myself. And I find that multitasking, you know, because I can do a lot of different things at once. Mm-hmm. So it can it can work in my favor. However, when I really need to sit and focus, that can be more challenging. Um, just really sort of sh- put, shutting down all the noise, all the like the, as we were talking earlier, the ding on the computer or the texting. You really got to shut all that down and make a conscious effort, uh, right? You, you really, really do. But but what would you say about that and entrepreneurs who who have this ADHD? Yes, you know, I'm right now writing a book about entrepreneurs, and my goal is to try to eliminate the failure rate of startups because when you look very carefully and you peel back the onion and see what the real source is, it's often because 
there were difficulties in staying focused and getting things done and following through and communicating and all these things, you know, it's not... It's not always uh, just the fact you ran out of cash. There's usually some good reasons behind that. Um, But uh, focus is a major concern, particularly when these entrepreneurs are starting off and they're having to wear so many hats and having to get so much done at once. It's, it's, It's really tough. So one of the things, of course, that I ask them to do is to make sure that they're getting good sleep and they're exercising and they're able to perhaps meditate because that can help calm the waters. And I will also say that if you are an entrepreneur with ADHD, you have a different brain than most. You know, it's a wonderful brain. It's a brilliant brain. But perhaps you need to take big tasks, and instead of expecting yourself to sit down for two hours straight with something, that you break it up into 15, 20-minute chunks of time giving yourself little breaks in between and then coming back to the task. And in some ways, you can accomplish a lot more than if you try to struggle through two hours of getting something done. The other thing I will say is maybe you'll do better work at a coffee shop than being in total silence or playing instrumental music uh, very softly may keep you on target and keeping you with the task. Chewing gum, interestingly enough, activates the prefrontal cortex. Oh, no wonder I'm always chewing gum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, things like this can help keep you on track and help you get work done, which is so important for entrepreneurs on deadlines. Huh, that's very interesting. Um, People who have ADHD are, I think, um, a hair more creative, or is that just my imagination? Oh, they certainly are. They certainly are. And, and that can be, you know, that can be their nemesis as well. You wow. know, and they have so much going on. And this is why I tell my ADHDers, hey, have a little pad of paper with you. So when you get an idea, even if it's not fully developed, write down a key word so you can come back to it later or, or a key phrase. Because this is the stuff of startups is having these wonderful ideas things that you and I, well, I, I don't have ADHD, uh, would never dream of. Mm -hmm. So this is the stuff of startups, which is why so many entrepreneurs have ADHD. No kidding. So is there a difference between listening to reply and listening to understand? Listening to a what? Listening to reply as opposed to listening to understand. Listening to reply to someone? Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Listening to understand is just taking that back seat, saying, you know, I may have nothing to add here, and it isn't even my place necessarily unless you ask, but I just want to understand what makes you tick, because if you and I, let's say that you're a coachee and I'm your coach, and I do a lot of coaching, of course, um, I want to really understand you. I want to know where you're coming from. I want to make sure that our chemistry is right, or else I'm going to find you somebody else who's going to help you better. That's very, very important to understand and un- and know where someone is coming from, what makes them tick, um, to, to, an, in, in, to help somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening to reply is basically saying, well, you know, they have a quest, this is a question and answer kind of thing, and I better have something intelligent to say, so I am going to really listen to the question and make sure that what I say is helpful. Right. Like as in an interview. All right, we're going to take another short break. When we come back, I would love you to share a memorable success story with us. So listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere. This is Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. We'll talk more in just a bit on 95.9 WATD. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, Best Kid-Friendly Restaurant, Best Lobster Dinner, and Best Water View. Why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on the Hunt Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza. 
that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. We all face challenges and don't always know how to deal with them. We might ask mom, dad, best friend, or even try our darndest to solve them ourselves. But if you have a dilemma that seems unsolvable, veteran lifestyle coach Dwight Goldwyn is ready to help you face your problem head on. Take advantage of his free one-hour telephone coaching session where you can share what would be a life-changing difference for you. No cost, no obligation. So claim now your no-cost session at askdwighthow.org and be on your way to a better you. Are you afraid that you'll hire a painter who just stops by, throws on a coat of paint, and goes? Not with Valdo's Painting. Valdo's Painting is your one-stop shop for everything. Not only can they paint every room in your house, they do hallways, staircases, and ceilings. They also paint additions or remodels of any size, from newer homes to historical ones. They offer great pricing, they're professional, and they don't leave a mess when they finish. Call them at 774-327-4709 to request a free estimate. Baldo's Painting is booking jobs right now for the fall. Your home could look like new for the holidays. So don't wait. Call Valdo's Painting today. You'll be glad you did. 774-327-4709. Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723-6733 or visit us at AnticoFornoBoston.com. Your pets are family. Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, the Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. So call the Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008 or visit thedogsdengrooming.com. Now, for more talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and I am speaking with Rebecca Shafir. She's the author of The Zen of Listening, Mindful Communication in the Age of Distraction. All right, Rebecca, share a memorable success story with us. Okay, well, there have been so many, but oh, probably one of the most heart-wrenching stories, real situation, that spurred me on to, to write the book was my experience in healthcare. And I remember when I was a speech and language pathologist in the Department of Otolaryngology, we worked with a lot of patients who had head and neck cancer, throat cancer in this case, and I will refer to this patient as Mr. Johnson. That's not his real name, but wonderful man. Um, Obviously, somebody who worked in a factory and came to the clinic for an examination because he was a smoker and he had had hoarseness for many, many months. And I recall that when he came into the room, into Grand Rounds, which, by the way, if you're not familiar with Grand Rounds, in this case, it is a room filled with specialists and doctors. And it can be quite terrorizing quite often for patients, but it certainly is a wonderful way to make sure that we understand the patient's case and that the treatment that is going to be suggested will be appropriate, right? Mm -hmm. But it's tough for the, for the patient, the family. 
So if you can imagine, Mr. Johnson came in and had a seat, and one by one, each specialist, <clears throat> excuse me, came around and examined him. And he was practically shaking in the chair, you can imagine. And we were asking him questions and, and all that. And then after that half-hour ordeal, the patient and the spouse typically leave the room and we discuss the case. Well, I couldn't help but notice how Mr. Johnson felt when he left the room, shaken up, not knowing what the next steps were. And I remember then later on that morning walking down to the cafeteria and I saw Mr. Johnson and his wife, rather tearful, sitting by the window there. And I went up to him and I said, hey, Mr. Johnson, how are you doing? And he was saying, well, I'm so grateful for, you know, these doctors and, and what they're doing for us and we're at the best place possible. And, you know, the wife was also very grateful. And, but he said, you know, I don't quite remember what they had to say or what the next steps are or, or what I, I was totally in a, in a, in a bind. Uh, I had no idea. You know, I, I, I wasn't processing the information. And I say, I totally understand. Let me see. I'm gonna, I took a paper napkin, that's all I had available to me, and I drew a picture of what we were seeing on his vocal cords and how some ideas for treatment were passed around the room after he left. And I was explaining what these were and what the outcomes would be and the fact that he could conceivably have a voice and be able to get back to work in some capacity. And you should see, you should have seen the relief on their faces when I drew a picture, when I broke it down and explained it for them, it was almost like they had come out of that room with a big smile on their face instead of shaking and terrorized by the experience. Mm -hmm. Well, they thanked me profusely. And a few weeks later, Mr. Johnson had been recommended for surgery. And I was in the cafeteria getting lunch. And all of a sudden, this Mr. Johnson whizzed by in his wheelchair and I could hear a very hoarse, um, kind of a gaspy sound because he was still recovering from surgery. And he was waving, guess what, the paper napkin. Oh! <laughs> with a big smile on his face. He was looking healthier. He was starting to eat again uh, and healthier, of course. And his wife was all smiles as well. Well, I'll tell you that I think that that patient did better from surgery because he had had that chance to understand what was going on and the fact that it wasn't going to be as scary and as life-threatening as he thought. Wow. It was a game-changer for him and definitely had an influence on my ability to communicate with patients. That is an amazing story. Is that a good one? It's yeah. a good one. I hope he quit smoking, though. Yeah, he definitely did. Good. I was so happy for him. Wow. Wow. Now, I know that you work, just shifting here a little bit, that you work with both entrepreneurs and you also work with students. What, what's the biggest difference between the two? Oh, well, you know, I work with a lot of college students who also have ADD. Not all of them do, but some of them just have difficulties with what I call executive functioning, which is basically, it's a, it's a series of, of, um, of um, abilities, but basically it's the ability to get things done, done well, and on time. And they share a lot with entrepreneurs who have similar concerns, mm -hmm. particularly if they do have ADHD. So I see these college kids, and, and many of them, as I said, do have ADHD or symptoms of, are the entrepreneurs of tomorrow. And I would like to be able to, as I said, decrease that failure rate of startups by getting to them early and teaching them some of these skills that I teach the entrepreneurs in order to get their startup off the ground. Same thing with the college education, being able to focus, being able to concentrate and manage your time and see time as an investment, you know, not just money as an investment, but how they manage their time and get things done and discipline themselves in a way that works well for their brain. So there's a lot of overlap there, Francesca. Okay. You have, your coaching is called Core Coaching. Yes. Why did you come up with that name? Uh, because very much of the time it's not about strategies and tips and tactics that can help you get things done, done well, and on time. It's all about beginning at the core, your ability to get good sleep. And I've become somewhat of an expert on, on ways of getting good sleep and how important it is 
for the brain to have that restoration, those deep cycles of slow-wave sleep that help you remember, help you learn more efficiently, and help you concentrate and focus. So sleep is a big piece of core. Exercise, another uh, exilar, another substitute for medication quite often is one of my core pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, Communication skills is also a core piece. And we establish this this core, strong core from the beginning, then uh, it's so much easier to see success and to truncate, to, to shorten the uh, coaching process when you start with the root of things and that sleep exercise and communication. We have just about a minute and a half left. Is there any question that I haven't asked you? I'll tell you one thing that I would like to get across to listeners in this polarized political world of ours, and that is I think one of the things that keeps people from, uh, from wanting to learn how to listen mindfully is the fact that they may be afraid to change their mind if they listen to someone. And I just like to have people leave with that thought, that if they listen to the other side and try to understand where they're coming from, I think there'd be a lot less violence, there'd be a lot less um, uh, rigidity in, in one's thinking, and we're all here to learn and help each other. And I think if we go away with that mindset, it makes listening to each other a little easier. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. When I think of asking or or listening to someone, I'm not really concerned about them changing my mind. But I'm kind of really grounded in my own, well, political values anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm curious about that, why why you think that that would be the case. Uh, Well... Uh, because I think that we have to understand where people are coming from. Remember, listening does not mean agreeing with anyone. I'm very staunch in my political views, too. So I really like to see what makes people feel differently. Mm -hmm. What's their life experience? What basis do they have? Or I prefer to hear the facts. Or, yeah, or or their (laughs) frame of reference. you say or feel what you do. And that opens up a very interesting conversation. And, but we are out of time. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. Could we, Francesca? Listening is such an interesting topic. (laughs) Thank you so much, Rebecca, for being on Talk with Francesca. It's been a pleasure. Oh, my thanks to you. All right. All right. We've got to wrap things up and say goodbye. Hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. Pick up her book, The Zen of Listening, Mindful Communication in the Age of Distraction. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week.